Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The drive to go further and reach higher. The same thing that inspires you inspires us. At Strayer University, we're always searching for new ways to make education more affordable. That's why we offer access to up to 10 no-cost gen ed courses to help you save time and money so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. No-cost gen ed provided by Strayer University affiliates of Field Learning. Eligibility rules apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEF. How you doing? This is Amon Green. Welcome to the On My Block, the Green Bay Packers podcast. I'm your host, along with my good friend and teammate, Mike Wallman. Mike, how you doing? What's up, AG? Doing great, bud. Doing good. So, yeah, we're going to get in. I know last week it was a, you know, crazy. It was a short week, obviously, for the pack, the uh, Thursday Night Football. I remember I was like, you were you still playing with Thursday Night Football? Yeah, you were. When Thursday Night Football came into existence, it's like, oh, my God, now you only got like two days. <laughs> of actual full recovery, then then we got to play a whole nother football game. Are you are you kidding me? And then travel. Yeah. If you're the away team, on top of that, it's like oh, the travel man. was the tough part, right? Yeah, I didn't really. I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I wouldn't really. I was thinking about this last a couple of weeks ago. I was like, because what I do like about not having what I do like about the Thursday game is like that week of practice. I feel like if I take care of myself, I'm going to be in better shape than the guy I'm playing against. So I do yeah. actually like that and the. And then, you know, it, it also shows you, like, how much you can get done from a coaching staff and, like, knowledge distribution and, exec- and like, preparation mm-hmm. perspective if, you, if you're only given that amount of time, right? So I like that yep. because then you get that long week, and so it almost feels like you get an extra buy. So I yep. did like that part of it. But, um, yeah, when you have to travel, I don't know. It's, it, it, it is different, though. Remember when – I mean, back in the day, man, it was like you got that Detroit game, that Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. Yeah. You're like, ugh. Man, well, at least we get weekend off or whatever. Yeah, we got yeah, a long it's so commonplace now. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm the same with you. It's like I'm thinking about okay, I could get a good nine, ten hours on a Sunday night, easy. Uh, maybe eight or nine depends if we leave on Tuesday, which we're most likely gonna leave on Tuesday, which you should uh, leave on Tuesday, especially if you're going to the West Coast, uh, coming from the Midwest or East. You have to leave on Tuesday. If you don't leave, you leave on Wednesday, which I believe the Packers did for this game. Um, maybe it showed up on the field a little bit, you know, in my opinion, because I think now going to AZ was well, always been, but it, it depends on the government and how they set the time zones. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes Arizona is Pacific. Sometimes Arizona is mountain time. And as players, we got to know that that is important because of our recovery and how long our bodies get to acclimate to that time zone. And for every hour, your body's out of your time zone. That's one day of, re- of uh, basically your body gets used to that new zone, now time zone that you're in. So that is a factor that I know Mike Aaron's, if you remember Mike Aaron's, Mike, uh, that we had yep. with the Packers, the statistician, our in-house rain man. I mean, he just knew stuff that, for me, I was like, some of it I knew. I remember telling, you know, him telling us about 48 hours was the best night of sleep before a game. 
I learned that in college through uh, Coach Osborne. But then other mm-hmm. stuff he was throwing at us about the sunlight and when it hits your 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 your, your eyes at a certain time in the morning, it gets you up. It's like having a cup of coffee. I was like, I don't drink coffee, so you know what? I'm gonna give that a shot. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I'm I not a coffee listen, guy. That's, that stuff's all good and fine, man. There ain't nothing that beats a good cup of coffee. But no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> losing that. I'm no, I'm losing that, ar- that argument. Yeah, right there. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm with. I'm with you though. I'm with I wasn't you. a big coffee drinker, so I was like, you know what? Let me try this. You know, I have succumbed on some days when I wake up. I was like, I need a cup of Joe. Woo! Um, I know. But speaking of that, I know that game. The way it started out, it was physical on both sides of the ball. Uh, I like Arizona's defense and physicality they brought to the game because they have showed the speed they have with Isaiah Simmons. You know, the guy that out of Clemson linebacker slash everything for them linebacker DB yep. he could do it all and you saw him he was covering Aaron Jones out of the backfield when they split Aaron out wide and so Arizona defense was basically saying hey we're going to make sure we match up with you guys because we know what you're trying to do with your formations with your motions you know trying to get the, the match the best matchup to win but when you have everybody on that defense that's that is really talented and has a, a speed and has their technique down, then it's hard to, you know, try to do those gimmick plays where you split the running back or put the tight end in a in a, in a bunch set, but he's actually cracking back down on your defensive end. So it's, it's kind of hard when you have those, those matchups and they are equally, as you saw, because it was a close game, you know, 21 to 24 for the pack to win that game. So, uh, you know, as you mentioned, you know, you say Matt LaFleur is a really good coach. And so what do you mean by that, Mike, what, you, what you're saying there? Yeah, I mean, he, I know he's I know he's got this incredible record and, and you know everything every time you kind of we talk about Matt LaFleur, it's always like, yeah, but he's got Aaron Rodgers, yeah, but he's got he's got all these weapons, right? Yeah, but he gets right, you, know, right. you, you you have the home field advantage in, in Lambeau and everything. But this is that game where I was like, Man, I, I believe in this guy. Like he's he's a, he's he is getting these guys ready to play a seven and team. You got all these people injured, you got your top what top offensive lineman out. Nobody was talking about the fact that Myers didn't play, which is a huge Correct. loss. Like that's a Big huge loss. drop off from Myers to Patrick. Yep, you're missing. Uh, you're missing DBs. You're missing your top three wide receiver. You just go down the list. Like you're missing your top pass rusher. You got so many people out mm-hmm. and injured. I know both sides are dealing with injuries. It's that time of year. But like you had some significant injuries, and it's not just the way that they came into the game. But then you see, like after the first two series, especially on offense, when it's like, okay, this isn't going to work because of the team speed of Arizona. Man, we have. We'll talk about it later. But like we have a real weapon in 89 and we have some very willing participants now with uh with 81 and then they brought uh yeah, DeGore, yeah. yeah they yeah they brought him in uh 49 and uh for, dominic, he, from like uh, I, indiana gaffney. state or something like that right yeah G- dominic gaffney the yeah player. dominic gaffney's like so these guys are willing participants in the run game and we did a great job of like really controlling the clock and the amount of plays that the cardinals had the cardinals only had i think that their play count was like in the 40s or early 50s like it wasn't it wasn't that high Right. And that's, and you, huge, that's just one of those things you have to you have to you have to minimize their opportunities as much as you can because you know they're a quick stride offense, but you just can't keep you cannot give them too many first downs. Exactly. Yeah, you know, quick stride offense with a guy like Kyle Murray that could uh, extend the pocket. Um, and then something that you mentioned, obviously, you know, with his play calling with LaFleur, and I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Nathaniel Hackett also in the play calling instances, but then like you said, working with a not working with a full deck pretty much offensively. You got Devontae Lazar going out with COVID. Then you have all the under, other injuries that you have already mentioned. And I'm liking where they put certain players to try to win those best of – that was evenly matched up matchups. Um, Isaiah Simmons on 
Aaron Jones, you know, you got like a, a whole foot difference of height to start there first. And Isaiah's probably has him by 10, 15 pounds on top of that. Um, and they try to split, you know, have uh, Aaron Jones go down the field on a steam route covered. Um, but then what I did like, you know, having, you know, the run game going, getting A.J. Dillon in the mix. He showed up. Um, he did. He did his job there. So LaFleur, knowing, like you said, knowing where he can be still effective, figuring that part out, even if he had to figure out on the run, because later on in the game, they lose another tight end, another player in, in Tanya. So that, again, adjusting on the run. And I, I think that's what football, that's what team sports, a lot of it is all about, is adjusting on the run in real time to try to help, you know, keep your team in a good, you know, I say a chance to, a chance to win. And then, uh, we uh, go. You talk about Amos in the box. Where are you, where are you going with that? Yeah, man. So, if you watch this, if you watch the game, and like I, I was lucky enough, I got to watch the the team copy. So I got to watch you all twenty two, and the, and then the, yeah, the broad cheating. copy, right? You're cheating yeah, yeah. Right so, now. well, I said, hey, listen, man. <laughs> you got to send that to benefits, me. Benefits, I, benefits of the business, but I, I'm tired of seeing all these Geico commercials with but, or uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? Not, no, State Farm commercials with Aaron. Oh, and Pat Mahomes, man. I want to get right to the. I want to see the play so I can get done yeah. faster, man. Well, it was so great because what they did is they just they played him box heavy, and it was yeah. basically like they they brought him down almost as the spy, right? More often than mm-hmm. not for, for for Murray. I mean, Murray's a phenomenal player, right? And like one thing that we, we that I think is getting recognized now this year is that how good Murray is at actually throwing the ball, right? Yeah. As far as his accuracy and then understanding like where the protection failure or where the protection failures are being able to get free, but also understanding where his matchup problems are. Like he capitalizes on mistakes. The guy makes a mistake in the secondary, like he capitalizes on it right away. Nine times out of 10, he's got a rocket for an arm. So he's a, I mean, you see like that, that first long play to Hopkins, man, like very, very few players. Right. First, very few players can make that throw under that kind of pressure. And he flicked it like it was no big deal. Right. But when Amos comes down in the box now, because what we're doing a really good job of, we'll get this a little bit more, but we're doing a really good job of forcing offensive lines to create those 1v1 matchups. And we're basically yep, saying say that a lot. Yep. Yeah. We're, we don't think your line can beat us 1v1. We actually think we can beat you 1v1 and get off and make the play. So that's why you saw, that's why you saw uh, uh, Campbell walking up on the center a lot, right? That's a why. lot. Yeah. He was all these AMB things are happening. Yeah. All these things are happening just because we want to isolate all their guys because we think our interior guys better than their interior guys. And what, and what Amos coming down, being able to come down and play in the box does is allow us to have that second line of defense in, in, in case somebody breaks through. Now we got hit a couple times. Like now they're doing that a lot of times at a dime. So mm-hmm. we got hit a couple times with it. Uh, we got hit on the touchdown, the first touchdown that they scored Yeah, on that look. Right. But then you come back and that was just literally 51 hitting the wrong gap. But that you come back the next play, we almost got that safety, right? Because everybody's matched up on the line of scrimmage. 95 comes and makes the play. And I don't know how that guy dragged him out of the out of the backfield for that. But I mean, that was that was like a legitimate, that was a legitimate right. safety play. That was gonna be a big play in the game. But yeah, impressive. Yeah, he he knew he was about he was he was thinking, he was like, hey man, let me get on the shoreline, get the thing out of the end zone. So the uh the safety safety does not happen there. So um, but no, big plays, like I said, on uh, both sides of the ball for them. And then, you know, talking about A.J. Dillon, you know, what I liked about him is that obviously, like Mike McFlore, Hackett, they know they got to make these adjustments. And not it's looking like it was – this was going to be a, an intentional thing of having A.J. and Aaron Jones get the ball as much as they did. But like you mentioned, I meant to say, I meant to say this earlier, the time of possession in the second quarter, it was doubled 
before, you know, before halftime, it was 14, almost 15 minutes for Green Bay, seven and a half or less for the Cardinals. So that is a, that's like the 12th man on the field right there. People don't know about, you know, sometimes as players, I say sometimes as fans, us as players, we're, we're well aware of the clock. We are aware, uh, well aware of the 24 second play clock. And then we know in certain situations, especially going down to halftime or going down to the end of the game and where the scoreboard is at, as we know, the scoreboard was tight. So now we're looking at the clock saying, okay, if we get into our four minute offense, that means we give it to these two hogs that we got, dogs that we got, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. But back in our time was myself, Tony, uh, Tony Fisher, and Isaiah Davenport. We knew that once we got in four minute offense, we could shut this game down. This is game over because we, you know, we hold on to the ball, we secure the ball with two hands. And obviously, we run it what you guys like to do. We like to run our power, we like to run our ISOs. It's a little different now. Same situation, though, with two backs. You got Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, um, different offense alignment, but then also also different formations because they're running a lot of these runs. You know, it's single back. It's the double tight end, tight double set with the uh, tight end or a big receiver. Even though Lazar is out, they put in uh, Degoria, number 81. They put in 49, Gap Gaffney, to do these crackback backs or run around or just to show the look. Because even when you show the look, you keeping the defense on it. And that's what I, that's what I always touch on week by week. But I said with AJ, he's aggressive running with his pads, running behind his pads. And now he's starting to make that first man miss because the first man miss coming in with the, this game, it was a lot of DBs and a lot of DBs don't want to make that tackle. They're making right. those business decisions to hit him low, which is not going to win. You're going to most likely hurt yourself hitting AJ Dillon in the knee, you know, trying to hit him in the knee. That kneecap is going to be a blunt object to you, the side of your head. and It's not going to feel too good. So with that, you know, with him, I say in the game, that mindset of defensive coordinators, mindset of the defense, you know, is, is like we got to stop him, but it's tough. Like I said, he's making the first guy miss. The only thing I know a few plays, he's kind of got turned sideways. I say for him as a player, try to keep his shoulder pads going upfield, you know, level to the line of scrimmage because then that's the way he's going to win a whole lot, which he did because I believe at the end of the game, he had 78 yards. He led the rushers for the Packers with 78 yards in the backfield. So, and then hey, I say... Ag, when, when you get in that, give give the give the fans a perspective. Like we we always talk about, you want to get in that flow state, right? So like a yeah. lot of perform, a lot of performance culture right now is, is centered or uh, talk is right centered around being in your flow state, right? Mm-hmm. What does that feel like as a running back when you start making that guy like you get into a game like oh man because that really, you don't see Ag Jill make that guy miss like he did in this game as two weeks ago, Correct. right? Right. So you know what I'm saying? So. So you, you look at it, you go, okay, what does that feel like? What's that sensation? Would you do you just kind of do you just kind of zone out? Look, when you talk about the flow state from from an athletic perspective, mm-hmm. it's actually like part of your brain shutting down. You're hyper focusing on one thing. Yes. It's almost like you got blinders on. Yep. Give the, give us give the fans and, and the listeners your perspective on like what that feels like as a running back when you get into that zone. So yeah, when you get into that zone, I'm 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 in a situation in my head where I know, okay, we got, we don't have the receivers that we need on the outside. So now it depends. A lot of the game is on me and whoever my backup is. And so, you know, if I put myself in AJ, uh, Aaron Jones's role right now, I'm saying, okay, when I run up the middle, you know, even though I say, I, I'll put my, I'll, I say, I'll say, I'll go with AJ Dillon, excuse me, because we're a little bit in terms of size. We're, we're similar in size in terms of the physicality. So in my head with a, you know, with Aaron, with AJ, I'm going to say, look, they already know that I'm a big guy. I'm going to drop the hammer if I can. And I just know one thing, make the first guy miss, regardless if I got to run him over or juke him. And then after that, you know, I'm going to make anything happen. Whatever happens in front of me, 
I'm going to react the best way I can. I'm not going to even think, like you said, I'm not going to like the hyper-focus. You're not thinking at this time. I'm going to do reflex actions that I know when I see a defender coming at me. So if I see a defender go for my legs, I'm going to pick my legs up or I'm going to just sidestep them. But I, if I see a linebacker or a DB square me off, that means I'm okay, I'm dropping my shoulder instinctually and then I'm driving through the tackle. And then I'm picking up, I'm whatever happens after that, if he does have good form, he's going to bring me down. But if he doesn't, if his form is off, then he's just basically going to fall off of me and I'm going to keep running. Because when I have a good forward lean, I knew that if my forward lean was look like an, when I was parallel to the ground, that means the defender was going to knock me back up and I could keep my, as long as my legs were moving, it was going to keep me moving downfield. So that's where a lot of extra yards after contact came in for me. And then those big plays where how did he break that tackle is because my feet never stopped. And that's where AJ, sometimes his feet stops mm-hmm. in the, in the contact and, or he's sideways coming out of that. And then that's going to be a big, big advantage for him coming down the season is getting that shoulder pads square at all, but also keeping them legs pumping um, forward going upfield. So I hope that answers your question there. Yeah, yeah, but I, I got I got one more then if we're talking about yeah. this. So you know how like Le'Veon Bell was kind of famous for being able to get all the way up to the double team, hesitate, and then find up, find a hole and skirt out. And you always like yeah. he's getting like five yards, you don't even know how. Then yeah. remember Terrell Davis was like a one day one cut downhill. One cut right. Yep. You 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 had it, you had a real unique style where I thought you hit the hole, you could hit the hole extremely hard, but you could make you could actually make a one cut in a hole. That most people, it was just kind of, it was very subtle, but it was basically mm-hmm. like you were just talking about when a guy squares up, like you could take that guy's shoulder instead of taking him down the middle and understand like he's not gonna be able to tackle me. Right. It's just, it's a very, very subtle cut, right? So it's that kind of vision. Is that a stylistic thing? Is that a learned thing? What is that? You just, is it, is it part of how you're being coached or is it just like, is it just, you know, like, like obviously like with, uh, with Pitt, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, with, with Le'Veon, yeah. he brought that to their offense. They didn't do that before, Correct. right? You know what I'm saying? So you, tell us, tell us what you think. I say that was both a uh, instinctual thing and then a coach thing. Cause I remember it was Mike McCarthy's first year, 06, where I knew what he was talking about, but it just clicked. Like when he started to say in our running back meetings and our run game installation, he would say one step and go one step and go. He kept saying that one step and go. And then when I look back at my film and I was going in my head and I say, that's it because when you do a one step and go, that means you're decisive mm-hmm. and the ball is going vertical. And that means upfield or north and south right there. There's no thinking regardless of who's in front of you. They're going to pay the price because with me, I knew if I planted, if I just plan it and go and I drop my shoulder, I'm winning 90 percent of the time. I wasn't not afraid of no D lineman. I was not afraid of no linebackers or no DB. So anybody in my way on that one plant and I went up field vertical they were going to pay for it, and we were going to win as a team. That means I'm picking up a first down, or I'm going house. I'm going 90, I'm going 70, I'm going 80, which, which had happened because working with, my, with, working with you guys up front, you, Mike, Marco, uh, uh, Chad, and uh, Mark, we already knew. We talked in meetings. We, we practiced it. I knew how to hit the goal because what y'all said, Amon, man, when you, when you hit the hole like this, we don't have to hold our blocks that long. And that was the comment. I can't remember who said it in that room. But when y'all said that, it was either Marco or you or Taos, one of y'all. When that was said, then I knew I was doing the right thing. And I just kept doing the right thing because I said, okay, if I don't dance around this backfield for one, and I hit that hole as fast as I can, my linemen are not only doing their job, they're done doing their job because I'm past their block. Yeah. Then they don't have to hold. They don't have to panic, be like where he's at. 
No, I'm already passing. They know it because they see number 30 running up the field and they could let me go. They could let their guy go and then maybe, you know, focus on getting another player cleaning off the pile later on in the tackle. So that was, that was my mindset, you know, from getting, you know, getting the ball and then getting downfield. What a lot of people don't necessarily the game within the game is with, with offensive linemen and, and the timing between the running back and the offensive line. It's really like, if we're talking about our double team, like we're, let's say mm-hmm. we have a chip block up to the, up to the linebacker. Well, my responsibility there is really what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to hit that linebacker and get him to turn his shoulders one way or another, mm-hmm. right? Just before you get there. Like, I'm not right. trying to get there super early where I got to battle him and I got to hold. Cause like he's, he, he basically has one job in the run game, right? Learn, learn right. how to strike and shed. So I'm not really trying yeah. to like be better at him than that. What I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to cover that guy up as you are entering into that confrontation so he can't he can maybe get a finger on hopefully i mean hopefully i cover up and they get you at all but you see a lot of runs where guys like you can break arm tackles because that offensive lineman is just getting that backside shoulder to turn just a little bit right as you're running by and all of a sudden it's like an outstretched finger and just can't it just can't happen it's such like people don't understand like it's such a timing thing it's not like it's not like we we walk into meetings and like, all right, man, we're gonna run ninety three blasts, we're gonna run ninety four wham or whatever, and they're like, yep. okay, everyone, just go to your separate rooms, and then we'll just like make it happen on the field. Like, it's not we can all execute it individually, but it's how the timing and the mesh comes up, and that big part of that is obviously like there's only so much we can do as far as holding those blocks. We have to understand what your your play speed is, and then you have to understand, you know, from from a timing perspective, hey, when do you think Mike's gonna come off that block in order to make that happen for me? And that's what I figured out within 01 to 03. Mm-hmm. That's what I learned as a runner because something that uh, Edgar and Sylvester Crooms would have me do, they would say, AG, because our depth was seven and a half yards. There's like, come on, with your speed, we need you at eight or eight and a half because right now the timing is off. Because you remember, you go back the first days of mini camp or OTAs or even training camp in pads, I, would get, I was getting there too early on my cutbacks. When I got 92 blasts, I remember coming up there and I'm running up your backs. And coach is like, you got, you know, get back a half a yard. You're too fast. You're hitting the gap too fast. And, and at first I didn't know, like, oh, one, it was just, I was paying attention. I said, all right, let me stop my brain for a second and listen to my coach and still, and what, he, and what he's really saying to me. He's not saying slow down, you know, okay, stay away from my speed. No, what he's saying is slow down to let my lineman work. Because mm. the lineman's job is to get to run fits. If a running back doesn't let their lineman get to the run fits, as you say, you're just trying to get to that outside shoulder. Because then when you stretch that hole like that, you move the D lineman and then you move that linebacker. And that linebacker is going off of you two so he could get in a better position. Either he's going to come on inside of that block or he's going to try to cheat and come to the outside of that block. And when he cheats, that's when we win. Because I see that. Because I see you push into the high shoulder, and I see him cheat. Oh, you know what? Boom, cut back right up to uh, B, yep. right up the A gap back. That's where the big plays are, right? Exactly. And we had those big plays. And so that's where some of these plays for AJ and Aaron are coming when they stay true to their footwork and that timing of the run fest to let Lucas, to let uh, Jenkins get to their blocks in the run game. And that's what you saw here, especially with AJ Dillon, when they had those run tight end sets and then them tight bunch sets with the big wide receivers, in the, which was uh, Degoria because it, Lazar was out. That's when you saw AJ and Aaron Jones getting in the gaps, getting upfield, and 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 then and, and, you know making an effort of that run game and the run game was dominating you know for them in this past weekend so it looked good it looked real good so um i want to say bring up the fact that you put on here the play was called but not the best to be golf for or or arizona's defense was just that good 
Oh, no, no, that was me. That was me on that play. Oh, no, no, I was uh, talking about Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers on the first half drive, driving down, and he kind of imitated John Elway, kind of scrambled out the pocket. I was like, I didn't think he was going to break the line of scrimmage. I'm like, he's going to throw the ball. But he, oh, yeah. he decided to run, and he, he sacrificed as, as any quarterback. He went for it, too, right? Right. He went, he dove, he took head first hits, and I know Mike Mafor, Mike, Matt LaFleur's heart probably stopped a beat there, but it was a good effort. And that's something you, every now and then you want to see by your quarterback. And, you know, a guy that you know that's going to sit in the pocket, take, take the hits in the pocket, but then to break the pocket, break the line of scrimmage, to pick up yards, to try to get the ball closer to the goals. I air, he's trying to score, really. And to see that, I like that. And then uh, um, the next play was uh, one of them short screens. And, and the defense, like I said, the defense, I don't know if they just either they study film or just being good athletes, they were able to make up after the play action and tip get the ball almost an interception on that one going to the end zone. I don't know. They got a good defense over there. They got good. Well, they're just so fast, right? They, they, right. they really are just so fast. If if we if we just think about the last kind of the last couple of sequences of this of this game, mm-hmm. you know, we think we've won the game outright. Aaron Jones gets into the end zone. I still don't know how they overturn that call. Yes. Yeah, you know, but that whole sequence was tough, right? Because then we have like, yeah. then we, then we, uh, what are they, a delay of game on third down? So now we're yeah. backed up and then we got a tip yeah. ball. He's trying to post up Cobb right on, right on the, on the, in, uh, on the uh, end zone line. Tries to post him up on, on the fourth down play. Doesn't work out. So these guys now have first and 99 to go. <laughs> Basically. And you're, yeah. And you're just going like, oh, well, you don't really feel good about it because it is Kyler Murray. And this offense has a ton of weapons, but I think at this point now, um, they're one receiver down. Yeah. AJ Green's the top guy, right? I mean, they still got Ertz. They still got AJ Green, but, and they still have weapons in the backfield and Kyler Murray's amazing, but you're just kind of, you're feeling, you know, a little bit, there's a little bit trepidation, but you're feeling good about it. And then they just start banging out like 20 yard plays over and over and over. And he's just got, I mean, I watched some of these plays on replay and, you know, on the, like on the first in cut, I think it was to AJ green. Yeah. We're, we're playing basically a cover two. And unfortunately like our corner didn't follow in because there's literally nobody else outside. It's like, dude, you got to follow them in, right. You yeah. could be a little bit smarter here, but it's no. just, again, we're, pl- we're playing a lot of guys that don't see a lot of play in time. Just the experience yeah. is not there. Right. They yeah, don't want to, yeah, how but, they should react in that time. But you got to, of course, they get, they get a way down the field and, you know, Kyler Murray, like if I'm sitting in Kyler Murray's situation, he's going, okay, I can really put my name on the map right now. Right. By not, by not taking this, the, the trip side uh, wide receiver screen and mm-hmm. put the ball in AJ Jillen's hand or AJ Green's hands, excuse me, to win this game right now. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to go ahead and go for the field goal. Like we're going to go ahead and play for the win right now. Right. And then old boy does not even turn around. Right. And you just thought, like, I just saw the ghosts of the Cincinnati Bengals, like every bad season they've ever had, just right. hit him over the head, like right before the snap. <sighs> oh, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> right. I mean, you described that jab, that drive perfectly. I mean, they come off, like I said, they're on their own goal line. You know, they're in the end zone. They get out of the end zone, and they start driving, and then Kyle Murray starts hitting completions here and there, big completions. The one, uh, the one like you mentioned to AJ. I mean, he just floats it over both. An underneath deep defender and underneath a high defender and gets it in there and then boom first down and then get down there within the red zone like on the 10 and 15 to throw that last pass i'm like he didn't hear the play call or he didn't hear the adjustment it had to be 
one of those things that, as you know, back in the day with uh, Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin, you know they were on point within that red zone. Yep. When they were throwing it, you already knew 88 was getting a rock. So AJ was now, since D-Hop is out, AJ got to know, being a big receiver too, and Ra, what, what, what was it, Razul Douglas, yep. the guy who was a Cardinal, now a Packer, you got the size advantage. So all you got to do is turn around. If he turned around and the DB panics again, there's a P.I. But turn around, you catch his game over. It was man. such yeah. a good ball. He threw such a good ball. It was a perfect ball. <laughs> I was like, I was sitting there like, what just happened here? I literally, I know, but my, the, honest, swear to God, the first thing that went through my mind is, and A.J. Green's been a good player in this league, right? But the yeah. first thing that went in my mind was like, oh, it's because he was a Bengal. Like that's literally what I, that's like just where my head went. I was like, oh, that's just what the Bengals do. Because you know what I mean? Like it those just happened. That happened. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh, well, there you go. Because like, like, there's us. no way. There's no way when he was in high school, when he was in college, like, there's no way he's not looking for the ball. Right. There's just no way he and you just see like Kyler Murray, man. It's like I felt again. I just love watching. He was on the ground. Really good he's players like this. Play. He, dude, he just dropped to the ground. He's like, <laughs> I know that feeling. Like, bro. Yeah, you know, man. it's like, I'm a running back. I've been in the uh, slot position. I've been on the outside wing position mm-hmm. in a wide receiver and uh, running routes. And so I know, and especially in practice, you know, you go over saying, hey, we get in a situation, quarterback, outside receiver, this is a back shorter throw all day. I've seen Aaron in practice enough. I've seen Brett in practice enough. Knowing when you have your number one receiver um, on, it could be number one DB or any DB at that time. It's just a... It is a disadvantage throw to that defender because you either got to commit to either defending the player or commit to th- the throw, you know, commit to looking at the throw and not the player. So you got to do one or the both. You got, you can't just hesitate. You got to pick one. And so he picked going for the ball because obviously AJ didn't react to the ball and he won. But usually in that situation, when the, when the receiver does it right, the DB is wrong, no matter what he does, because you push up and then you just turn back. You kind of back and almost fall down. Because he has to come through you to get to the ball. If the ball is actually thrown to that the right shoulder the um, proper way, I've seen it in practice done a thousand times, a lot of times, and that's where that miscommunication. Now I think this is obviously something moving forward for Kyler, for AJ, for that offense. They're gonna go back. They're gonna resort to this play. Mark my, I'm gonna mark my word oh, right yeah. now. Maybe in the playoffs because Aaron sent me. They most, potentially Aaron's not lying. He told Kyler at the game, "We'll see y'all in the playoffs," and I believe that's a true statement. And this this play right here will be in the back of Murray and Green's mind if they get in that situation again. And when most likely sometimes you you know a good pro, you're not gonna beat a good pro twice. And they'll they'll maybe win that game. We don't know. We'll see. I like to put that out there though. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. It, it was it was a great game, man. It was a great game for so many reasons. Uh super I just you'd love to have a Thursday night game that's entertaining and meaningful. Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of them are. I think that was the first time they'd had a combined record of thirteen to one. Right, it's like games over in uh over in London. You know, it's nobody oh. playing over there. <laughs> it's That's a fun trip. Though. I've been on that trip twice now. It's a fun trip. Man, I missed that trip. I never got that trip. Well, Packer, yeah. being a Packer, I wasn't going to go because they are not. No. they're the one team no. that says no. We're not going to England. To well, play no, you're not going to. You're not going to give up a home. You're not going to give up a home game. Yeah, they that, don't want to say that. That's money they take it from the area of Green Bay, which is true. That is a money maker. Obviously, playing the home games here. Um, that game only will happen if it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> that you imagine if they had a Super Bowl in London? You imagine what people would do? Oh my! Oh god. my god! You th- lose oh their god. minds. It, it'll lose their minds. Oh, just I guess like it's corporate. It's corporate though, anyways. Pretty much, right? Like Super Bowl is kind of a corporate event now, anyways, right? Yeah. It's not like AFC yeah. NFC well, championships are kind of the real games. True. 
true. But yeah, people will still, you're right. People will lose. Because I haven't been to London, so I might lose my line a little oh, bit. Oh, it's fun, man. <laughs> when, I, when I go, because I'm excited. I want to go there. So somewhere that we want to go is Trench Warfare. So uh, you got the, I'm going to let you, I'm going to hand it off to yeah, you. Yeah, man, Trench Warfare is my, it's my favorite segment, off. man. Yep, I love it because so, we break it so down. So we'll start with the defensive tighter. side. Got it. I love, I love generally what the Packers defense in general are kind of against, against their spread. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they forced our def again, our defensive tackles. And now Dean Lowry first, it, it has just been a, a wrecking ball. Mean. Right. Mean, and we yeah. know how, we know how good Kenny Clark is. And we are forcing plays back into the a gap and our linebackers just sitting right there. Like, we blew some assignments on that touchdown runner, like I talked about. Yeah. But we are forcing teams when they go without without a tight end, when they go into a spread look and they try to run the ball, we are forcing single blocks and we are winning on those single blocks. And they're just, we've just identified that. Like as often as possible, they'll actually try to get the three technique to the opposite side of the running back. Knowing that, hey, we're going to win that. Not only, not only is Kenny Clark going to win that block, or Dean Lamb is going to win that block, but they're actually going to make the tackle too, right? Yeah. And then combine that with, we are getting great pressure coming up the middle from Lowry, especially Lowry. Yeah, but then you have to his own. Yeah, and but, but then you have uh, Gary first play of the game. I know he gets the face mask, but first series of the game, he's just like. Hey, I'm just going to show you that whatever your game plan was with single blocking, it's not going to work, right? We really, and you watch Kyler Murray in this game, and he does a great job of scrambling around. That's part of the highlight tapes and everything. Yeah. But with a guy who runs deep routes, with a guy that, can, that plays that deep and has a kind of arm strength, Aaron Rodgers is the same way. Mm-hmm. When you can press the pocket 10 yards, like we're pressing a 10-yard pocket. That is a huge deal. That because is. now you really are kind of you start going like man I really don't need to get 15 deep I don't need to back up even more and you're thro- you're making it so your guy can't step into his throws he's got to get off his spot it screws mm-hmm. up the timing and I think those guys I mean from a from a defensive line standpoint I thought we did one hell of a job in this game now, you know the Arizona Cardinals are going to score some points yeah but the but our sure. game plan again and we're missing our missing our D coordinators new new guy calling defense but the game plan was fantastic, man. And they just, I was really, really impressed. I'm really impressed with, with the pass rush, but I'm just really impressed about, and I just keep going back to DNR. I've mentioned his name a couple times this year already. Like he is putting people on roller skates right now. I mean, to Who's press that? somebody. What player? Dean. 90, Dean. Oh yeah. Larry. Yeah. yeah Dean Larry. Yep. He is putting people on roller skates. And I mean, I'll just tell you from personal experience, like if your quarterback is a 10 yard drop, and you're oh, getting put in, you're getting put in the pot in the in his back, man. You feel like you feel like you're worthless. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's a long ways to lose. So I my hats off to all those guys, man. They did a great job. Yeah, and you you watch Dean, you watch Kenny, and what they did was in the pocket for Kyler, they stood they stood their ground, they pushed forward, but then they leveled off. They didn't mm-hmm. keep pushing on field, and then what they once they leveled off, once they got like halfway there so that 10 yards you cut it to five you get to about five yards and then the d-line seemed like they during the week they said let's push five yards once we get to five we hold our ground and we stay there because then the outside guys could come and create that closure to the u pocket and keep them in that pocket because we know how dangerous he still was able to get out maybe once or twice 
once or twice in the first half, once or twice in the second half, outside that pocket. But majority of the time, they forced him to then step up, and then they got the sack. Or they stepped up, then he got the tip ball or incomplete pass. And that I, I say that to me looked like the game plan is because when, when you're playing against the scribble quarterbacks, then you know the biggest thing they want to do is get out that pocket because the, the pocket is, is their prison. They know if that pocket closes down, they haven't had that escape plan already laid out, they're done. And so that taking that escape plan, knowing either he steps up where he couldn't step up because he got the two D linemen that are level shoulder to shoulder with their blockers in front of them, but then also the DNs you know, outside linebackers pushing in Gary, you know, either one arm, him, his guy in front of him, all the way walking him back, just like Dean did in the second half for that one sack, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where they had to start uh, deep in their own territory. So that was the good, I said, good game play from uh, the defense. And then, uh, you know, good carry on. Hank, yeah. You, well, you, and the other thing about that is, too, is, is, is you think about, like, you think about back in the day when you, quarterbacks that you're really worried about, right? You can talk mm-hmm. about Peyton Manning back today, Tom Brady, but where you're almost like, man, if they ran two minute offense all the time, they would be unstoppable. Right. Just like you saw at the end of the game. Right. You know, that's how, that's how a lot of us, you know, a lot of players think like, man, I'm just glad they don't run two minute all the time. And the reason they can't run two minute all the time is because their defense will be toast. Right. Right. Their defense would just be absolute toast. Like this is what actually Chip Kelly's offense was like this for a while. They were trying to snap the ball with like 20 seconds left on the clock all the time. Right. And the problem was, Yeah. What? Yeah. Cycle, cycle, cycle. But then you're, it's like literally your, your defensive line sitting down, getting a drink of water. They go to right back in if it's three and out. So it's, it's problematic, but until that last drive, man, they just really dominated. If we flip over on the other side of the ball now, and we're just talking about how our box, our offensive line, our tight ends, I want to include the tight ends here because it was, it was uh, very, very important for us to, understand early and this is you know credit to the coaching staff mm-hmm. they came out and they came out and open spread looks they tried to do some things about two series in they realized okay this is not working now the strength of the arizona cardinals is their speed their weakness mm-hmm. is the interior of their defensive line they don't have pass rushers and they don't have guys that you're just going to say like okay these guys are world beaters they right. jj watt was out right yep. jj watt was out 44 and 55 are still out there Right. Yep. Jones came back and he, we know he's They're a great player. People. Right. But they're outside yep. players. They're speed people. They're not as physical. And They're what we did be. is we brought in. Our, I mean, again, we talked about on this uh, on this podcast all the time. Mercedes Lewis is a legitimate weapon because of his ability to block. He's exactly. a legitimate weapon as in, in, a, in an offensive system. And now it's very unfortunate that Tunyon got hurt. But very. when you got to bring in Daphne. And when you got to bring in, was it Degora? Degora. Degora. When you get to bring those two guys, those guys are more than willing to block. So they now are. you have people that are that are just energized but, about the run game, and it makes a huge difference because it allows us to what maintain possession, run mm-hmm. the clock, keep it out. So we didn't. I don't feel like we dominated on the offensive line by any stretch of the imagination, but because of the way the game plan played out. Mm -hmm. We were able to control, possess. A.J. Dillon had a great game. Aaron Jones got off. Like, what did they do? They basically, in passing situations, they started handing off the ball to to Jones. Yeah, so now Jones is is getting the ball a little bit, or is getting some free shots a little bit more. And I I just thought it was was great coaching, but really, like, my hat's off to uh, Degura, uh, Daphne, Daphne, and then of course, and of course, Mercedes Lewis. Like I thought, those guys were awesome. 
Yeah, and the thing, and the thing for definitely Mercedes, he's been in every game. You know, he's basically starting with Tunyon, um, Degoria, Daphne, special teamers. Now getting into the offensive side of the ball, and when you have those type of players come from special team, not saying special teams is a bad place, but they already got a little clock there. Now they hungry, and you know through injury they have to step up and play. Now it's just like in the back of their head as a special teamer, it's like, all right, this is my opportunity to show up, to get the confidence, not only in my coaches, but in my teammates. They could see I could do this with the ball or protect you know, the ball from my, uh, from the defenders. And what you saw with DeGoria, he was that then that other tight end picking up the screens that would, would be Tunyon instead and picking mm-hmm. up big yards. He had a nine yard uh, screen pass to them. Mm-hmm. And then like you mentioned to getting the ball, Aaron, getting in Aaron Jones, the ball in different ways. It was the trip set. It would either be a three by one or a three by two. And Aaron Jones would either already be out there and screen in, or he'll be in the, uh, the slot, the deep, the third receiver in first from the line of scrimmage from the tackle and then do a quick flat route. And then other two guys receivers were blocked for him. So again, like you said, a long handoff to deal with Arizona's speed on their defense. And so this what what I see looking at this moving forward, this tells the defense, like, look, okay, now Packers offense, they don't have to run eye formation. They don't have to run shotgun and hand it off. They could do a triple formation. We just got to pay attention to the personnel. Then we see AJ Dill, you know, we see AJ Jones, Aaron Jones in that third slot receiver, you know, close to the line of scrimmage. We got to know this is potentially, it's basically a handoff because he's going straight down the line of scrimmage and the ball's getting thrown to him. They did it once with Larry, um, Larry, Larry in the game. They did with Omari Cooper as well mm-hmm. as a wide receiver. So that's the part where I see, and I like the adjustments of the personnel because then uh, LaFleur, Hackett, they know they have the ability, they have the athletes to put in, switch around the put him here instead of there. Jones here, Dylan here, um, uh, a Cooper or, or John or Rogers and bring Daphne they, now. Yeah. Now you got Daphne, yeah. you know, you can move these players. Around. Like I like that Daphne kid, man. He was just, he just, it's a breath of fresh air, right? Yes. It it's is. a breath of fresh air. And, and what's, and what's like the number one thing when, when we're sitting in game plans, AG, yeah. you're sitting in the whole team sitting in game plan. The offensive coordinator comes up because here's how we're going to beat this team. They're super fast. So what are we going to do? We're going to run right at them. It, it takes away their speed, right? It takes away their speed. Man, it's that, exactly it's exactly what they did. It was great. Then that takes me back to uh, our Chicago game days when we, when we about the first quarter. I remember Monday night, the O three, and it was other games before that and after that was, but particularly overnight, oh, uh, uh, Monday night, O three, we're running the ball and the game plan was it had had some of the 98, 99 handoff solids going to the outside of that Bears defense. But we, we for the fans, for the, which, uh, for the fans to remind them, they had Lance Briggs and they had uh, Brian Erlacher at linebacker. So doing those plays cater to their speed, as Mike just mentioned. So what you do with speed, you punch speed in the mouth. So myself, and I think you too, were like, why don't we just run power all day, all day long? And I think when somebody ran to the sideline, kind of said it, to Cone Sherman, he got in his ear, and that's what we did the rest of the game. We ran power, we ran ISO, because the back side was, they were running behind you guys. That's how fast Erlacher was. Even, you know, he's in all the flame, but a lot of guys, a lot of people forget about Lance Briggs. Lance was Briggs was, Lance Briggs the, was the, better. He was the better run stopper. <laughs> yeah, so when he was he, better. If, if he was there having a game, that's the that was the problem. It wasn't problem running, you know, I respect Brian and his game and what he was able to do. 
But when it was face to face, head on head, the fullback side, you know, player on player, we knew that, okay, once we go power, we go 92 blast straight up the middle, full, you know, we got Will, we got Nick Lucci at that time. We have a full house backfield. We coming down hell on you because we knew that speed was going to be the, the weakness and uh, our win, our winning points. I mean, we're taking that ball up and down the field and the averages of per carry was, was, was nice. Isn't it funny how, isn't it funny how like perception versus reality, because let's, yes. uh, let's call it, let's call it what it was like Brian Erlacher was a, was a, a hall of fame player and a good dude, by the way, like For, that's the perception you're setting up. Yeah, correct. He's, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a, but he's a good, like on the field, great guy. good dude, great guy. Great, right. great guy. I have nothing bad to say about him at all. Nothing either. Same. Here. All I'm saying is when I was, when I was thinking about the Chicago bears, I was thinking about how are we going to block Lance Briggs? 55. Because, yes, indeed. Because when I was like, when I was running on power, man, I was hoping Erlacher was there. You know what I mean? Because he wasn't a willing participant. Lance was a, Lance ran me over a time or two. Like Lance was a willing participant in the contact game. Right. right. And it's funny how we see, like we perceive, like, I don't think Ray Lewis is, you know, they, some people say he's the greatest linebacker of all time. I go, to no. who? Who exactly is he? That, you know, because Scott, he, those guys. Bart, it was the thank second, you. Yeah. Those guys were showing up. Those were the yeah. guys in the A gap. Like, oh, okay, we got a yeah. game. Yeah. Okay, I thought Bart I Scott. Bart Scott's too. bringing the wood. It's right. like if people ask me who the baddest dude I ever played against was, and that was my end of my career. I go, I would tell you, Patrick Willis is the baddest dude I ever played against because hey. Patrick Willis would hit your knee, he hit your thigh, he hit your head, he hit your shoulder, he would knock you out, he would. Tackle me to tackle you. Like, you know that, you know that penalty they got in the league now where it's like you can't just dive at the at the tackler. Man, he wasn't diving at me. He was actually tackling my leg, and then he'd go through my leg and tackle you. He was yeah. a bad dude. That, dude. And people like people, and he was and honestly like he could have he ended early. I don't know if he's in the hall of fame. He should be, he will be. He should be. But yeah. but you look at so it's funny how we perceive things differently because it's like I don't care if he can cover, like that's that's great if he can cover or not, but like. Can he come downhill on me or not? Like, is, you know, is he is he going to take this heat or not? Right. You know? Exactly. Is he? I can. Me- I know I can run sideline with him, but can you run, can you come downhill on me? That's the yeah. question. My, my my thing that was my the part of that you asked me earlier about how do I get right? You know, how do I do stuff that people just can't explain that I do when they see it? Those are that's one of the other things I did. I'm I'm gonna test you, and it was just it was inherently and it was, part of it was put in. It was reinforced by Cy, uh, Sylvester Crooms. When Sylvester Crooms told me one game, I came here. It was a preseason game when he first his first year there. I think it was 02 or 03 was his first. Uh, 02 was his first year, and he just said, "Amon, this first play of the game when you get the ball, I don't care where you know what the hole opens up to become, who's there in your way or not anyway. I want you to find the first person and punch them in the mouth and run them over." I said, "Really? That's my job for the first run play." Even if it's a, you know, I got a touchdown or a first down. He said, yeah. He said, no, just take the first carry and find. Sometimes he would give me a number, find 55, hit him. Just run him, give him everything you got. I said, oh, you tell, you telling, you telling me? I'm, the, I'm that dude. I'm that dude that when it came to practicing, people would like come to me. It's like, Amon, can you not go as fast as you usually do? <laughs> I said, bro, it ain't been. I'm getting ready for Sundays. What you want me? You want me to slow down because you don't want me to hurt you? That's 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 your problem. That's not my fault. So right. he's telling me basically to find the first guy and give him give him everything you got when you hit him. I said no problem, coach. I knew exactly what he meant. 
That means everything from the bottom of my, the soles of my feet to the top of my head, I'm going to hit this guy and send a message to that whole defensive backfield. Be like, oh, this is how the game's going. Yes, this guy, this is how it's going to be. And I was one of those players. You were one of those players. Briggs was one of those players. You know, Derrick Brooks was one of those players where they were going to come downhill no matter what, no matter the time in the game and the situation. So you better have your, your, your chin strap, tight strap, tight. Strap that thing on tight because he's going to get busted in the face. All right, now we're headed on to get off my line. Get Again, off I, had my a line. Bu- I had a busy weekend. I'm like still catching up on sleep. So I'm going to get this to you because I see right, you man. got some stuff. I'm going I'm to I'm piggyback on this because I see you got some you got some stuff in here. That I know you, you I know you feel these about. first ones, man. I know I you feel, feel them. I read through one. a little I, bit of them. Yeah. Yes, we, so we, let's just talk about how much the game is being changed with like roughing the quarterback calls. Like the Dallas game last night. Right. Man, it's three plays in a row last night could change the course of that game. Like, what are we doing? Or the Bengals call. How about the Bengals call in the Jets game? Mike Hilton. Receiver goes low. He's got to go low. Right. They call a helmet to helmet on a defenseless receiver. Give them a first down. That's game. They don't get the ball right. back. Yeah, and it's just like, so in, in, and, and the Kirk Cousins roughing the passer, I forgot the guy's name, 93. He's running. He's chasing him down. Kirk basically, like, jumps up, and he hits him as the ball's being released. He wraps, clean, shoulder, takes him to the ground, lands with his hands outstretched. In other words, one thing you can't do for, for listeners, you can't, like, I can't bear hug him and then pile drive him. So I got to right. kind of let him go. That. I got to release. Yep. It's honestly, and I know we say this every week, these were arguably the two worst calls I've ever seen in the NFL, and they happened on the same weekend. Like, they were legitimately that bad, that egregious. And, again, it's like, it's, I don't know, because we're never going to stop watching. True. We're never going to stop watching the sport, but it's like, I don't know what else to say. It's so bad. It's, it, and it's some of the stuff that they don't understand. It's like, it's going to cost people jobs. Like, yeah. you know, the, you know, you you lose your first seed. You 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 potentially you lost to the Jets. You know the Dallas game yes. last night. Luckily, it didn't cost him. But like that, what, does that that guy? Those guys aren't going to get fined. But what if that was a fine? Or what if that had cost them the game? Like you start you start your deal with people's livelihoods mm-hmm. on something that's just ridiculous, and they can't go back and like, okay, we need to be able to review some of these calls. I guess is what I'm saying, man. You gotta. Yeah. This, this is getting to be nonsense. Yeah, because some of the pass interference calls we know I've, I've said mm. this before, and I'll say it again: that you, oh, the the uh, the quarterbacks with experience they know when to throw it. They'll stay in the huddle. You know, I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, um, Pat Mahomes, you know, being him being a younger one of those two, but still a good quarterback would be like in the huddle. You know what? Let's get the pi. I'm gonna just you 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 know you push that DB deep, and then he's it did happen in the Colts game, right? I'm a, I'm a, and you, once you pay, make him panic mode, like, oh my God, he's beat. I'm going to throw it up to you. You don't even worry about catching it. I'm just going to get the flat. I'm pretty sure that's had a, that's been a conversation in any NFL huddle with an experienced court. Drew Brees, uh, Peyton Manning, you know, those guys have had those. We're going to get the PI on this, guys. Let's go. You know, up front, you know, hold your blocks up front. Receivers just run whatever route, but you, Devontae, beat your guy, and then I'm going to throw it up and we're going to get the PI first down. Boom. Is that that, that 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 literally happened in the Colts Titans game? That's how they forced overtime. That's exactly, wow. and, I, and it's and you know what the best part was? I was listening on the radio. I was uh, in the car. Yeah, and the and it was the announcer was the Colts guys, and he go and the Colts announcer was like, 
they got to just throw one deep here and get and get him for PI. That's 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 the way of the league in the NFL. And literally, they did it the next play, and this guy lost his mind completely. I told you, ah, just went crazy because. But that that is that is the that's ultimate bailout, right? That's right. the ultimate bailout. And, and, that, and that. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you got it. I was just gonna say, man, that 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 kind of leads me to the next get off my lawn, which is, you know, we're, we're talking about. It just feels like you feel helpless as a, as a player and as a right. fan, you feel helpless with this stuff. And then who shows up, but Roger Goodell, you know, I, when I think of Roger Goodell, like, honestly, all I think is that barstool sports t-shirt that Matt Patricia was wearing with the clown nose. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's my first, I'm not saying he's a clown. Yeah. Like, listen, dude's making $128 million over the last two years. Like he's definitely in a, in a better position than I am, but Right. Oh but God. you just go like I hate when I hate when like rich people talk to the general population like they're literally idiots. Like we don't and like right. you go to you go to listen to a Roger Goodell press conference, whether he's talking about penalties, whether he's talking about the Washington football team and six hundred and fifty thousand emails, whether whether he's talk whether he's talking about whether or not John Gruden should have been I mean, every single time the guy opens his mouth over something that fans are actually interested in. Right. It's it's so placating and and disrespectful that I'm like, dude, man, get off my. Line. I wish you would just never show up, because it's like we all know who you work for. Right. I I can't believe we we've constructed this 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 media outlet where we can actually pretend like we don't know that Roger Goodell works for the owners. And exactly. what do you say with like Dan Snyder? He's like, oh, I think he served as. And I'm like, I don't care. Like I've just I'll just start off with that. Like I think right. Dan Snyder's a terrible owner. Right. I think everybody thinks Dan Sanders is a terrible owner. And I know it's like wife owns it now, but what, you know, you know, mm-hmm. but like when he starts saying like, oh yeah, I think Dan Snyder, like, I think he's, you know, he had to have that big fine. He's not allowed to like, you know, engage with the team on a daily basis anymore. It's like, dude, his wife owns, oh, he like they bought out all the minority ownership. <laughs> his right. wife owns the entire team now. Right. And, and the fine was like, the fine was the equivalent of me, like, supersizing your meal at, at McDonald's for the two of us. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, get off my lawn. I just stop talking to us or, or around us. Like we're such idiots. It just doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. And so, and to your back, back to your other uh, thing, comment on the call, like the, the coach radio yeah. analyst, um, that just goes to show you how bad the calls are when you have the general pop. Cause I consider that a general pop, unless he's a former player. But if he's not a former player, he's general population of, of the world, of fans watching the game. So when the fans can call it out like that, <laughs> saying, hey, you know what? They're just going to throw it up and get the P.I. When That's when you know you got to make a change. Because at least we know as players what we see from personnel to where the formation is set up to where who they're going and the situation. You know, it's third and 18. You know what? Let's just run a deep route. Let's get the P.I. Boom, first down. When the fans can call it out, then you got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so then the, and then Goodell, man. Yeah, it's like. Bro, we got so many outlets and so many resources for information. Don't don't just talk to us like we're peanut gallery. We're not the peanut gallery, man. We know this, and like I mentioned, this is also where the fans that are almost on our level of of, of knowledge, not experience, but of knowledge of knowing who gets who is the puppeteer or who is controlling who or who's talking to who in this whole you know Goodell being. Yes, we know that. Like, come on, man. Get, yeah, I'm with you on that. Like I say, I'm, I'm on board on all these. Get off my line. Like, got- it's like you and I probably you and I probably don't watch Fox News and MSNBC 
whatever one, you know, for the same no. reason, right? Like nope. I don't need a politician no. to go on TV and lie to me all the time. No. You know I what I'm even, saying? I go, I flick right past those. That's right. So, so it's like, so I don't need, Hey, I don't need Roger Goodell to do that either. It's okay. No, it's you okay. Get off my lawn. Hey, nice so the day. next, the next one though, yeah. and this actually happened in our game. And then it happened yesterday in the Texans game, right? So I, I like, I'm not a sports better, but like me and my son, uh, what we do, what we do for fun is like, we'll get all the lines and figure out parlays and we'll bet each other. We just bet each other pushups, right? Okay. So I'm down. I get there were some, that. there were some historically bad beats yesterday. Okay. So you, first of all, here was, here was a, here was a parlay with the Packers. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Aaron Rodgers over under one and a half touchdowns, um, over under on the score was 50 points or 50 and a half or 49 and a half. Okay. Oh, to- yeah. Combined, combined. Com- score. Okay. Gotcha. Got okay. You. Combined score. Uh, Aaron Jones, 60 yards rushing. And I think his, over- no, it was Aaron Jones over under uh, uh, one and a half um, touchdowns. So when Aaron Jones drops that ball into the end zone. Okay. For the touchdown, yeah. the go ahead t- or the, 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 the game sealer. Yeah. We go over 50 to points Kyle. combined. To Randall Kyle, right. A- no, 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 no. When Aaron Jones goes into the end zone and they call it back. Remember before oh, we that call one, play yes. Back, okay, got you. We go, like you talking hey, about fi- over 50 points combined. Aaron Jones gets two touchdowns, yep. 60 yards. And then there was like one other thing that they, Aaron, it was Aaron Rodgers' uh, uh, touchdown score, but it was, it was already done. Correct. So I win. Like I win the four-game parlay. I've got my son doing a ton of all this, right? And then they call that damn playback, man. I lost. Five. Yeah. That's a bad beat. <laughs> then yesterday, no, hold on. Now this one's even well. This one's not as bad, but right. So we ha- we got the 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 Texans game yesterday is a sixteen and a half point spread against the Rams. Sixteen wow. and a half points. Okay. Now my son's in taking a nap. I'm watching the game. <laughs> it's thirty eight to nothing. And so I'm talking about like, hey man, heck, can, can I buy back for fi- like, can I buy out of this right now for fifty? Like, how am I? How can I get down my pushups down? Right. 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 <clears throat> the Texans scored three touchdowns in a row, and for some reason, on the third one, they decided to two. go for two, and old boy ran it in. It's a sixteen point spread. Man, I won that. I won that bet. Wow. My, son, my son's like screaming. I mean, my my daughter's like recording us yelling at each other during the game. Because I was like, man, that is the first bad beat you've ever had, my man. That's a tough break. Those bad uh, beats get it. Felt like Scott is, Van Pelt. Right, right. That is awesome. I love that one. I love that one because you were in no man's land. No points. The Texans struggling trying to do anything offensively or defensively. And 38 said, to nothing, bro. And it, it, it just, it's just my – like, for when I see that, when I hear bad beats, when I, when y'all go through the line, you know, from, from uh, SVP to yourself, mm-hmm. in my, the back of my head, especially on that Texan bad beat, are there, I wonder, are the coaches aware of oh, the definitely. spread? And when they then, went for know, two, I was like, oh, they got to know this. They, they got to, they have to know. I know they have their sheet. Like, you know, they have their sheet. Yeah. So it's 20 yeah, to 30. Yep. So then, yep. you know, they're going like, okay, well, we if we get this two, and then when we score two more with two, that's 16. So then we'll, we'll, be, we'll be even up. That's how we can tie the game. So I know, like, in my head, that's probably what they did. But I'm like, man. There's no reason at this point to go for two, but thank you for doing it. I love it. Right. They went for two or they, oh, I've seen other bad beats from SVP where he gets, oh my God, people either win big or lose big. It is, it's it's interesting. It is interesting. That's why I'm not a gambler. I'll gamble for pushups now. I might join y'all for that. Yeah. The pushups, we got to do pushups, pull up stuff like that. I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. 
Just throw right. me in there. I'll get you in. I'll get you in. Get we get in. some. We get some and yeah, we do. We do it. For, I should have. It's too bad you can't have like a fantasy league for push. I bet you we can. I'll, I'll think of an we app could. to do it with. We could do. We'll do an app. We'll do a push up app. Yeah, we do one. You know and then the, All right. And then the last one, man, is is just. And this is really just, I saw Miles Garrett roll in yesterday and everyone's got yeah. some Halloween contours. And then he's yeah. got like, so he had all the tombstones in his, in his yard of all the people he sacked. Yeah. And he had, he had his Grim Reaper cape and I was like, okay, that's cool. And then, you know, you're kind of like, yeah, but we kind of already know you're good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you need to self promote, but right. good for you, I guess. It felt like, like a little bit like LeBron James ish. You know what I mean? It was like, always like, <laughs> oh, look how good I am. And then he lost, right? Right. But then he lost. But I get it. Like, you know, you try to blow yourself up a little bit. You know, I get it. Like, my, you know, defensive player of the year. I don't know. But then then they lost. And then he was, like, wearing it at the press conference. I was like, ah. Should have well, brought That's probably all he wore. That's probably all he wore. Well, see, I got that. But then I thought, like, he probably thought he was going to win. But I was like, man, right. I would have I brought a spare to the press conference in the event that oh, I might have lost. Oh, you would have changed that? You would have changed yeah, that? Yeah, I just, I just don't know if it would just seem, at that point, it seemed like it seemed inappropriate. I don't, it just seemed wrong. It didn't feel right, dude. I don't know. It didn't feel right to me. Now I feel for him. Like wearing that, you got to make a statement. Obviously, you got to win. I would have been like him. I just would have wore it to the to the stadium. I mean, to the uh, to the stage for the press conference because, hey, you know what? I, I made. Yeah, a but you wouldn't have wore it. But see, you would have worn a Batman outfit or something. You wouldn't have wore like. The Grim Reaper, uh, right? Yeah, well, you wouldn't have wore like a thing, a patch with like every player you ever ran over. Like that's right. just not your style. That's not, that's that's not a, me, right? That's yeah, what I'm, I'm saying. I'm just wearing a costume to wear a costume. That no, no, okay. So the, I right. get the costume. That's right, saying, right. The the self gratifying, <laughs> look how good I am costume. That's right. the one where I thought it was like, okay, that's kind of a unique thing. You're gonna get to press, but then after the game, I'm like, oh man, that's tough. And then Brad Roethlisberger was like. Hey man, you can have the tombstone. I'll take the W. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> like, yeah, that, yeah, that's what happens when you trash talk, though. Yeah, dude, it's a you bad. You gotta look, be ready but... for that. You gotta be ready if you don't win the game and uh and also the the game of trash talking. You gotta be ready for the the kickbacks, for the rebuttals, and all that. So, all right, we get to the players of the game, and uh, you have a few people down here, um, quite a few people on that so i'll let you go into that I'll well i just want to bunch them this week and i talked about it before yeah i'm fine with that yeah on, on the on the defensive side i just really was impressed i talked about pushing the pocket with the d tackles yeah i thought yeah. particularly lowry and, and kenny clark they pushed the pocket all night so, so murray couldn't step into those throws and again we know going into the game that they're going to score points and we know that we have a lot of injuries on in the secondary so it was critical that we got him off the spot, that we made him uncomfortable. And I thought they did a fantastic job of that. So, and they dominated in the run game. So I know we talked about that before. So yeah. on the defensive side, I don't know if you have anything to add there, but I was really impressed with those guys. Those are my players of the game. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll add in uh, Campbell, the linebacker, 59. Oh, for sure. he, he showed up yesterday. I want to look at his, you know, bring up. And then obviously the guy who talked to uh, Razul Douglas, but Devon, Devondre Campbell, seven ta total tackles. He had one sack and two tackle for losses and he's kind of been showing up all year um i bring this in because this kind of was that game because if he's showing up all year in games not as important as this one and now he still show up in this game that means okay he's being cons and a consistent pro because a consistent pro no matter the, the opponent especially when it's a better opponent like they have with the arizona Cardinal, he still shows up he doesn't just disappear, not make plays, not do his job. He didn't disappear. He still made the plays he's been making all year, but then he added a tackle for two tackle for losses, and he added mm -hmm. a sack on top of his tackles that he averages between five and six tackles a game. He got total nine tackles. So a guy, along with that defensive front, 
Um, like you mentioned there, the D tackles doing their job, keeping that pocket to where he, Murray couldn't step up. And if he did step out, there wasn't much out there to go. You know, he, he just ran into the sideline because all the receivers are covered on the back end. So the defensive uh, backfield did also a great job there. So you got you to remember too, Campbell and Razul, they, they both came from, from AZ. Oh, I, I know Douglas. Well, I didn't know about yeah, Campbell. Yeah, Campbell's okay. there last year. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, wow. it, was, it was, yeah, it was cool. I mean, so that's cool. There's no better feeling. I know that my first time away from Green Bay, I, we uh, we played them Monday night. And that was, I mean, you guys, I think, yeah, we all were bad. It was like four and 12 year, right? But yeah, we came so down yeah, Monday night and played, man. I, it was, we beat the hell out of y'all. And, and it was, it was, it's a good feeling, right? It's like, no, it's it a good is. feeling when you, when you play your former team, you know, you probably went over to Seattle. We beat them oh, a couple yeah. times. Oh yeah, it's we a good a feeling. More than once, dude. I know, yeah. I know you feel good about beating Hunger's ass too. Oh yeah, that's not. I'm not going to deny that at all. <laughs> I'm not, not going to deny that. I feel great because I mean, he put a tag on me, man. He said he called me a fumbler. That's like I a, know, dude. Like I know he can't. Oh, bro. Like a quarterback, he's telling he's like if I was a quarterback, he's saying he can't read zone. He throws interceptions all the time. I'm like, dang, you trying to just yeah, end man. my career before it started? Like, bro, come on. It's man. amazing what it's amazing sometimes what comes out. Uh, of people's mouths it's like leave amicably like it's all right if you want to get rid of me but like you don't got to label me bro right i'm like you know you're you're trying to kill my career. i think you fumbled on like a touchdown on a kickoff return or something too right it was like it was like it was like kickoff return or something like that because we in green bay or in seattle? no no when you were in seattle like the day, the game before you showed up i want to say you fumbled on a kickoff return and i don't i mean it was a long time I, ago I know. yeah but we were we were we were excited to get you right Right. And we're like, dude, why the hell are they getting rid of him? And then it was like, well, Mike Homer says he fumbles the ball too much. We're like, okay. <laughs> right. That's what that's what Ron Wolf told me the whole conversation about that trade. Yeah. That that when that trade came up, yeah. Ron, you know, you asked Mike Sherman, he said that was all him. But obviously, you might ask Mike Ron Wolf, he said it was all him too. So I don't right. I gotta say because we gave up Fred Vincent, right? Right. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. Nothing and I'm not Fred, like, we'd have been yeah. bad mouthing another guy, but like Fred. Fred was a good – he was a really good – so that year we drafted three uh, DBs. DBs, yeah. Right? And and Mike – and Chi-Town Mike became the guy, right? But yeah, but Fred – but but Fred Vincent was a nice guy. The other guy, Antoine, was not a good nice guy. But this – he was yeah, a great Antoine guy. Edwards, right? Yeah. yeah but Edwards, he yeah. – that's the guy you used to punk, man. It was hilarious. Oh. But but Fred Vincent True. was such a nice dude, but he was so slight. Like, he was so – I don't know if you ever met him. But he one was time. so slight. Yeah, there was just one of those deals where you're like, well, he's not going to be able to last. Like he was actually like two. I don't. How many? How many seasons did he play with Seattle? I mean, you want to talk about all time trades that worked out for one, one team more than the other? Not even a season. He tore his ACL in that first OTA after the trade. You know, well, um, I, that's what that's what I'm saying. It's like that's that's right. one of those trades that probably like you know you don't talk about best trades in in Packers history, but that's got to be like is that number yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, Ron puts it. He like he called up Holmgren. And Homer yeah. said that he said, I like him on. He's he progressed, he developed real good in the 99 season, but he just doesn't hold on the ball like I want him to. And Ron said, Hey, what's your call? What's your price? Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. I want him. Yeah. He said, I don't care about all that. But he told the look at this, but he's like, he told me my per per carry average. And he looked at the fumble. He said the fumbles weren't that bad. I, he said, I don't know what Mike's looking at. He just they're not that as as you see somebody with a bad fumble per carry average, then that was that I could make that you know a not that acknowledgement, but he said I couldn't. I looked yeah. at the per carry average, and, and at that time, my, my second year, I led the league in third and fourth down conversions in short yardage on goal line. And so he's like, "Give me your price. You want to say you want to call him a phone bill? You know what? We'll we'll, we'll take him. <laughs> that's what, that's what Ron said. We'll take him. <clears throat> what a steal! Um, 
And then speaking of unsung heroes, as like I was myself, so you brought you got unsung heroes on here. Um, you got the Gaffney, you got the Gloria, and you got Winfrey. So just talk about them real quick for players of the game. Just uh, yeah, from an offensive standpoint, man, you knew we had a lot of guys that needed to step up, and I've already talked about some of the praises of, of Daphne and Guara uh, as those guys who are coming in as willing blockers on tight ends, also proving that they can make some plays in the passing game, and then yeah. John Winfrey. Uh, you know, they talked about him all night because he was targeted multiple times. He made some big plays. He, I think he had that one drop that they talked about. But it was uh, early in the game. Yeah, early, yeah. Early, I think it was in the second quarter. They were driving, and, and um, but but he made some plays in that game. And again, there's so much that can be said about your organization when you can develop guys. You draft, develop, draft, develop, and you have the coaching staff. You have the other players, maybe most importantly, you have the elder players around you that can teach you the right way to do things. Like if you don't think Daphne and Degaria are, are benefiting from having Mercedes Lewis in their, in their room, you're crazy. Right. Right. And then you think about Winfrey, think about that room now. And Randall Cobb just came back in. Like think about the knowledge Devante and just Devante and Randall. If you could just sit anywhere within six feet of them. It's like it's like COVID, man. It's like you want to get within six feet of them. You get that virus. No, you you get that knowledge, man. Just get like that I knowledge, want some of that yeah, knowledge yeah. to come over here. Get that knowledge over here, you know. So, yeah. I love it. So my, yeah. my my those are my players of the game. All right, I'm I'm with you there. So uh, then we um, to wrap up the show here. Great show so far. Um, wrap it up from around the league. Some of the crazy ending of games and wins and losses from teams that we did not expect. And I'll run through the scores real quick, Mike, and then you can say what you mm-hmm. want to say about the games. But I know Bengals somehow losing to the – we talked about that earlier, losing to the Jets, 34-31. Steelers cushioning it out, pushing it out, 15-10 to over the Browns, 15-10 uh, to there. And then Patriots rolling with that rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, Matt Jones, 27-24 to over good uh, L.A. Chargers teams. And then you got guys like – teams like Buffalo Bills doing their job against the, against the Dolphins. Panthers akin, you know, they've been beat up the last couple of weeks, but then winning against a team that should beat is the Falcons, but it was a tight game, divisional rivalry game. And then yep. you mentioned about the Cowboys Vikings games and what determined the, the ending of that, but they pull it out um, to stay on top. Dude, is of Kirk, is Kirk cousins, <laughs> is Kirk cousins the most, I don't, I don't want to say overrated, but he's, he's got the, like this, his stats are not indicative of who he is as a player. Correct. Right. Like, like he's got stats because you'd say, like, how did he make all this money? And then you oh, the stats are the right he's just got good stats. You're like, yeah, but like, I think last night he was like 7% on third down conversions. Yeah. And it's like over every year, it's like, it's like he makes the team and I, hey, I'm happy. If you're good. Keep doing it. Right. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. I hey, Matt, yeah, keep Matt Nagy, you, you know, do whatever you're doing down in, in Chicago, man. We're all happy here in Green Bay. But it's, it's like, <laughs> it's one of those things where, I don't understand, like, I don't understand the conversation every year. And I know he made out like a bandit and I, I'm sure he's a good dude, but very nice dude. his, his numbers don't line up with no. like the amount of, of, of contractual obligations teams have given towards him. I just, it, it, they just don't tell the right story. Like the teams yes. are never that good, you know? Yeah. Offense, yeah. I mean, he's, a, he, he's a leader of that offense and yeah, you know, between him and Dalvin cook and then uh, uh, Jefferson, Jefferson, just just Justin Jefferson, and I'm trying to think of the other the veteran wide receiver. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm blanking on him. Uh, but yeah, it, it just it's an anomaly. 
They should be better, there. right? They should. They should put. It's like, always like it's like yeah. oh, he's around seventy percent completion. It's like yeah, first down throws. I don't like. I don't know. I really don't watch it enough. It just it just always seems, it hits my ear crazy. Right. But I'll yeah, tell you what. That that Steelers Browns game. That's a divisional rivalry. That was a great game. Thielen, Adam Thielen. Thielen. Go, Adam Thielen. He's unbelievable, that's too. That's what I'm yes. saying. They should be averaging like 34 points a game. But that's that. I mean, Jefferson and Thielen alone, dude, those guys are yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. They used to have, always have Kyle Rudolph. They always had a good tight end. Right. Like, they never really Solid just showed out, though, right? Solid tight end. Dalvin yep. Cook's like, he's got to be a top five when he's healthy, right? He's Exactly. He's he is. Solid. He is top five when he's healthy. But you said uh, Steelers-Browns. Oh, crazy. yeah, man. So, the Steelers-Browns game, it's just – it's crazy because – you know, so Baker Mayfield is playing with a broken shoulder on his front. I know it's not no, throwing. It's, it's not throwing shoulders, but still. But still, dude, ball, you should, right. your freaking arm's broken. You're like, basically. I think the guy's – I've always liked the guy's a stud, and I like the guy. Now, is he the best quarterback in the world? No. No. Did his team have, like, seven drops yesterday? A yes. Lot. Did Jarvis yeah. Landry had I, – I was with Jarvis in Miami. Jarvis is one of the toughest dudes I ever met. Super competitor. And literally has crazy like he could shake your hand and tickle your elbow at the same time. Like his hands are that big, dude. It's, I'm serious. It almost sounds so, creepy. <laughs> no, dude, it is almost creepy. Like he takes right. you. Like, you're like, oh, where'd my hand go? But he is uh he is gifted and he works his butt right. off. And he probably that. had yeah. the worst game of his entire life okay. yesterday. Three three drops and a fumble. I mean, he's never – I guarantee he's never done yeah, that. I saw the fumble on the highlights. I saw the fumble yeah. he gave up on that quick slant round and got tackled and then punched out all at the same time. So, you see those guys, though, they're str- like they're struggling offensively now, and it's just – you know, they're, they're probably going to get rid of uh, Beckham Jr. He got, like, one one catch for, like, six yards, and yeah, he's they're not on the same page. It's just – it's tough, man, because, like, again, their offensive line's sick. Nick Chubb is sick. Uh, Kareem Hunt's out right now, but he's he's yeah, a stud. He's coming they back. They got uh, Nguake, the, uh, the the tight end. Like, they got so many weapons. It's like, they should be dropping 30, 40 points on people, man. They're insane. I don't yeah, know. It's, it's just crazy the, how timing works. Exactly. It's just the timing works with uh, it's, it's, it's injuries. You know, when you have certain injuries that it yeah. will, you know, it will clog up the game plan. And that's just when, like the Packers did with all the adjustments, how you handle those injuries. You see a good team that, that, that did it right. Is having guys step in. They're already knowledgeable of the office, so they're not really, you know, inexperienced in that aspect. They're inexperienced in the actual gameplay. You see uh, Winfrey out there, you know, drops the first ball, but then he shows up the rest of the game. You know, DeGoria gets in there. He's been blocking off and on the whole the whole season. Um, he's been playing special teams the whole season. So now it's like just another, oh, let me just add this to the list. Get in now, you're getting the screen, t- the tight end screen to you now, DeGoria and get the ball upfield, and he did that. So it's just having those players, like you said, develop, and where they're not, the confidence is there, and they and they know what they're doing. Because if you don't have – if you have the confidence and you don't have them educated on what they're supposed to be doing, then you're going to have a problem. But when you have both of those – I say those two traits, you have confidence there for that player, and then you know what there is. They know exactly what they're doing. They know the, the emphasis of the play, if it's to them, if it's away from them, what they got to do, what their job assignment is. Then you got a player that can then – is valuable to that team that when they show up because Devontae's out because Tungan is out and nothing changes in gameplay, that's a win. And that's you as a coach doing your job pretty much, keeping them players ready to go. And uh, we continue down the line. Titans and Colts game. I saw it. I watched some of them get some of these highlights. I was like, what is my man Carson Wentz thinking on that? He tried to throw it away first. And Do you then- feel his left hand? Yes, he switched it to his like he started with his right hand. He said, "Uh," then he switched it to his left, and it. I was like, "Did I There's just? A see, dude, what did I just see? What did I There's just a dude see this who's Frank Frank Reich has turned him like so. Frank Reich made him a good player. 
or helped him become a good player when he was in Philly. Right. Then he had bad, he had substandard coaches for, for, for what he needed because he had no footwork. Correct. He's he an athlete. Terrible. He was an athlete. So, so they, being, so being they, they got rid of him, right? They traded him off. Yep. Frank's happy to get him back. He's playing well, but they're not winning. And then he does that, and you're like, you're like I was like, this is the NFL. This is the National Football League. Exactly. You know what I mean? This is the National Football League. Like, what are you doing? Like, How do you work that hard to do that? No. Yeah. It's, that, was, that was a tough one. To I was say, like, man. am I watching? Is this a little league game? I'm like, I know, man. What that sounds like something I would do if I was, you know, oh, what would, hey, Mike, what would you do? Oh, I'd switch my hands and just throw it the other hand. And it's in a, the end zone. You know, I'm in yeah. the end zone. I'm in my own end zone. So that means if I sack, it's sacked. That's a safety or a touchdown if I fumble it. Uh, let me just get this ball out of bounds if the if the screen is not there. Anything, just, right. Just throw it out of bounds. Anything. It's like, oh, man. So, yeah, it just shows. Wait, what's the line? You haven't mentioned the best game of the, of the week, though. What was the line score? Oh, <laughs> he said the best game of the week. Uh, they scored nothing. I know that much, unfortunately. Did they get blank? No, I thought they, they scored. No, 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 no. They did score. Excuse me. 44 to six who'd they play my man dan campbell they played the eagles okay, okay. this was and the game i think they were picked to win or it was pretty close it was pretty close probably i, yeah. I'll be, I mean to, it was pretty close I, 44 I to six bro yeah and they're at home and, that was a home and they were at home they were in detroit oh. but we know playing in detroit <clears throat> Is not home field advantage. We we know this as Packers. We know this. Yeah, okay? I just, as a Packer, as a Seahawk, as a Texan, a couple, you know that as a Panther, as a Seahawk as well. It is not home field advantage play. for the Lions as a Lions player. Don't. You know that. Yeah, you're right. There, there's a there's a couple of teams right now in the National Football League where in in soccer in like England, in the English Premier League, if there's there's 20 teams and if you if you fall outside of the 20 if you're in the bottom two if you're yeah 19, you gotta 20, do the regular like it's a, called they relegate relegate they relegate yep, relegate yep. we and need they to have they need a relegation league because there are some teams that not because they don't have talent not because the guys aren't froze but for right. whatever combination of organizational leadership coaching staff scouting department player personnel i mean there is something that is just not right and in, when i yeah, when it's I tough, learned about yeah, when I learned about regulation um, through rugby, because they do the same thing in rugby, that's international right. rugby. That's right. And I said, that's the first thing I said. I said, the, the Lions? <laughs> I pointed out the Lions, and it was somebody else. Before the Cleveland Browns got good, I was like, the Browns. Because it was a year, it was a 2012, when I learned about 2012, 2013, 2014, when I learned about international rugby rules, which is similar to soccer. I was yeah. like, what is this regulation game? And I'm like, I was like, we need the NFL needs Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA needs this. I say NBA is more it's more parity there, but I would say baseball and football for sure. Football for sure. We need this out there. This would be now the owners they're talking about making money. This would be yeah. that extra game oh, somewhere yeah. in the season if it's in January after the Super Bowl, where you got the two worst teams play against each other. You know, that'll be relegation game. Oh. That'll be the game. So you take the, the bottom Lions. four with a playout. Yes, oh, I would watch that. See, that's the only time you should get everybody to watch that last. Oh, dude, that would be fantastic. Right. Let me see this. Let me look at standings for NFL right now. So as we look at it, we're looking at the bottom four of okay, bottom four from each conference or division in the East, West, North, South. So we got the Dolphins at one and seven. You got the Cleveland Browns four and four. You got the Houston uh, Texans at one and seven. You got the Chiefs. Well, you know 
we'll see if that's going to change. But right now, they're sitting in regulation territory of three and four because they're below 500. Washington team, two and six. The Lions are on eight. And you got Atlanta Falcons, three and four. And then the Seahawks, three and five. So that would be interesting. And every fan. A big thing there. Fans would Every fan would 100%. care. Everything. Yes. Every, so it's not, you're not tanking for Tua or tanking for Thibodeau. You know what right, I mean? For the draft pick. The number yeah, one you're, pick, not, yeah. you're not tanking anymore. Because now you're actually worried about being in like they call it the champion the championship uh, over in England instead of the yeah, Premier oh. League or the Championship League. Yeah. But like in here you'd be at, you know it's like you'd be in World World League or whatever like the new XFL is like that right. makes to me that how much more interesting would the game be man like fans would, would be really oh, engaged, bro. The fans and even the players say because the players I mean you being told basically you're not good enough mm-hmm. to play in the league right now. Even though we're the one percenters, but this team right now is not doing it. Or these teams. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if like let's okay? So here's so here's a scenario, right? Halfway through the season, they take the bottom eight teams, bottom eight, Mm -hmm. and they say part of your punishment for being so awful right now is you have to allow camera crews to follow your team around for the rest of the year, and then they could sell that. Oh my god. Because can you imagine the finger point? Can you imagine the finger pointing that would be going on when you're about to get relegated? True. You imagine the phone call to your agent because you can still get traded out. Like, oh my god, that's a great idea. That is incredible. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to tighten this thing up, clean it up, and then have an email and send it off to somebody. Netflix might want this. Hulu. Who's some, who's rich? Who's who's wealthy enough to start their own league? What's his name? Tesla. Tesla. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Yeah. Elon Musk. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we we'll do. Musk. I think he's, he's down here in Texas. I'll uh, I'll hit him up. Hey, Elon. You want? I got a great I got a great idea to, oh, oh, but it's only going to count for the worst teams in the NFL. How's that right. sound? Right. <laughs> yeah. So we got yeah that, developmental that is, that'll, model that'll, that'll pitch. That will pitch and will get hit out by somebody. So, uh, Mike, man, thank, thank you for jumping along, doing this week uh, week seven coverage of the Packers and the Cardinals, and then obviously around the league and around the, the Packers on the roster and what their play, what players stepped up and giving that feedback. So thank you. And everybody else, tune in. You can download the podcast wherever you download your podcast. That's Apple Podcasts. That's Spotify. That's iHeartRadio. And it's all other ones. There's some places I haven't heard. I'm not even going to mention their names but please download us download us listen to us rate us review us because that what keeps us going we get those ratings and then you can find us at on oh uh, on underscore mine underscore block on twitter and retweet and all that and i'll see mike always putting that in there i'm always retweeting that and you can find me on instagram and twitter at amon green 30 um, all one word and also facebook as well just amon green and mike let everybody know where they can find you on social yeah, man, Twitter, Unrivaled ESS, and Process to Perform on Instagram. Yeah, just hit us up directly. Hit us with questions. We'll, we'll try to answer some uh, listener questions next week if we get enough and uh, or if we find that they're valuable. <laughs> and, uh, hey, man, I'll, I'll talk to you next week, AG. All right, talk to you next week, Mike. Peace.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Determination comes in many forms, but always starts with a Dunkin' Run. So take your medium or larger coffee in one hand and grab a dollar donut in the other. No matter how you run, Dunkin' Run. A one dollar donut with any medium or larger coffee. Excludes specialty donuts and fancies. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.